All right, so this was by request for Vin. He wanted me to tell you a story of a guy I used to work with named Cliff. Worked at the window factory with me and my dad. <clears throat> so I couldn't think of anything, but this just came to my head. Uh, this lady Irene I worked with, and she had a dishwasher. And it was just her and her husband. She didn't need it anymore. She'd only used it a few times, bought it brand new. Didn't like using it, just washed her dishes by hand. She asked if she could store it at our shop because she wanted to sell it. So after about three, four years had gone by, she hadn't sold the thing. It was like just taking up space in our little shed we had. So my father's like, look, I got to get rid of this thing. She's like, I understand. Just get rid of it. It's out of sight, out of mind. So me and Cliff loaded onto the back of the pickup truck. And we're driving down to uh, Frankenstein Scrap Metal. So we're cruising down Cambridge Street and Saltbridge Street. Now I had strapped this thing in. You know, it strapped it to the back of the cab of the truck, you know, on the bed. And closed the tailgate and everything. And I kept, as I'm going down Saltbridge Street, I realized, like, oh, hey. There's Scalamo's new and used appliances. Maybe they just want it. You know, they'll just take it. I'll just give it to them. Better than scrapping it. It's like brand new. So I pull right into the front of the Scalamo's. And Cliff's like, hey, this ain't, this ain't Frankenstein's. I know what Frankenstein's scrap metal is. This ain't. I'm like, relax, Cliff. I'm going to try to give it away. He's like, oh, okay. I get you, Mikey. So I jump. I get out of the truck. I walk around the front. Cliff, for some reason, gets out of the, out of the truck. Walks around the back side of the truck. All the way around. Comes in. I'm like, yeah, whatever. So I go in. There's a bunch of salesmen in there. They're looking at us weird because, you know, with two characters. I'm like, hey, I got this uh, gently used, new, like, new dishwasher. Do you want it? And one guy looks at the other guy, and that guy must have been the supervisor. He's like, absolutely not. Nope, nope, nope. I'm like, oh, all right, man. I'll just figure it off. And in hindsight, us two jabronis just showing up. Who, who knows if the thing was stolen? You know, this guy's thinking, or if it works, we're just trying to dump off some piece of shit. So we get back in the truck. Kind of back out onto Saltbridge Street. You know, Cliff's in the truck, back out on the Celtic Street, I'm looking in the rearview mirror, all of a sudden, the dishwasher goes rolling off the back of the truck, all the way across the bed, and boom, flies right off the back, as I'm moving, right off the back of the tailgate, hits the ground, and right like with a little pop rivets, it's like a soda can, you know how they have that seam on a soda can, it hits the ground, and the pop rivets shoot out of it, and the metal just bends all wide open, like it just blew up, the wooden pot on the top falls off, the wheels shoot off, and all there is, is a little mechanism in the middle that's the actual washer, and the little drawers and stuff, I'm like, holy shit, what happened, Cliff's like, oh shit Mikey, I thought we were taking the thing off there, so I jumped out, and I undid the straps, and opened up the tailgate, I'm like, you did all that? He's like, you know, he's trying to be aggressive. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm there to help, Mike. I'm like, yeah, but you didn't restrap it or put the tailgate back up or tell me you did any of this shit. And he's like, oh, yeah, I guess I forgot. Well, we're going to Frankenstein's anyway. Let's just sweep it up. And I'm like, yeah, all right, Cliff. I guess we'll just sweep it up. So I scooped everything up, put it in the back of the truck. Like, oh, man, I'm laughing because no, thank God nobody got hurt. I mean, he could have just been backing up and it could have just flown out of the truck and landed on someone's car or something. So we get right down the street to Frankenstein's. Pull up. I'm like, yeah, I got this pile of scrap metal. I was like, oh, wow, man, it, it kind of looks like a like a washing machine. This thing looks like it was brand new. I'm like, it was about 15 minutes ago. He's like, what are you talking about? And I told him the story. He's like, oh, that sucks. I needed a dishwasher. I would have just taken it. So instead, I don't even think he gave us any money for the scrap metal. We just were able to unload it there. So per request, that is my one uh, cliffy story I can tell that I can think of. And there goes the fire department. Always on the ball. I'll talk to you later. So one time I was going to pick my daughter up at her junior high, and it's a hill. Mike's familiar with the road. It's Apricot Street. So, you you know, the parents line up on one side of the road, and the parents line up on the other side of the road, and it creates 
confusion and chaos when uh, someone can't drive a pack right or when there's snow here in New England, here in Central Mass, listening to Central Mass Podcast with Mike here on Anchor app, where he's recording, by the way. So I'm going to pick my daughter up with there, and there's a house under construction, and the buses are coming up the road, and it's a real, it's a real nightmare at this point. And lo and behold, here comes the Spectrum Cable guy, okay? And he pulls into this house where they're doing construction. Nobody lives there quite yet. And from a layman's perspective, I know what this guy's going to do. He's going to put his cones out, <clears throat> block that pole, and he's running some type of drop wire. From where, I don't know. To the house, to the pole, to the pole across the street, I wouldn't know. I'm not a cable man. We'd have to call Mike's cousin Shane Whaler for that one. Anyhow. So I'm watching this guy and I'm like, ooh. Being a, a, a past CDL driver, or I still have my license, but being a driver, I know this guy's going to... His cones are a little too far out there, buddy. Maybe you don't want to put them out that far and block the traffic. And then the next thing you know, the guy puts them out two feet past the next the, the car line. And here comes a bus. And they can't get by. And nobody can get by, Mike. And now it's big chaos. It's, it's uh, just probably about five, six buses down the road. Cars. People are beeping. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? So I get out of the car and I go around... And there's a cone in the guy's way, and the guy's not doing anything about it. He's just trying to drive by this thing. I'm like, dude. like. And now, mind you, I got out of my car. I walked backwards because this bus was parked next to me uphill. Couldn't move. I go around this bus, right, throw this cone out of the way. I'm like, yeah, let me move it over to the side. It's about two feet. So now the traffic goes. So now this bus is about to move, and I'm, wa- I'm back in my car. I'm watching this lady, the bus driver. She's frustrated as shit. You know, she's been sitting here for minutes. She's about to go, but the car in front of me decides to pull out in front of her. Yeah, okay, whatever. But no, the car in front of me, a lady wearing a full headdress, tries to do a, tries to do a U-turn, Mike, right in front of the bus, into the other lane of traffic, and can't make it. Why? Because the Spectrum guy's second cone is in the way. Oh, Jesus Christ. Now now I'm like, wow, this lady disappeared. I see the bus driver shaking her head in agony in the mirror. I'm like, oh, this poor bus driver lady. So this lady... So I'm like, well, well, this fucking car, what's it doing? I don't see it. It hasn't gone by. The traffic's still there. So I said, let me get out of this car again. Walk over there. Move this... Mike, I moved this cone. This lady's doing a 75-point turn. She cut the bus off. She cut the traffic off to do a 75-point turn because she, she can't drive. I take this cone and I move it. And now I see the next cone is going to be a problem too. The third cone. Johnny put out three cones. Meanwhile, this guy, this cable fella, put the cones out five minutes prior and went inside the house. Instead of just like noticing, hey, this traffic's all for school. Why don't I just wait and see what happens here? Then I'll put my cones out. Anyways, so I move this cone. This lady takes off. The lady with the head garb on. I start walking up to the next cone, which is going to be an issue. And I'm so frustrated. I take the cone and I wing it like a shot put. 
into the driveway and it lands next to this guy's fucking spectrum truck. And I hear people hooting and hollering, yeah, woohoo! And I don't even look at anybody. I'm just like fucking disgruntled. Stomp, stomp into my car. The traffic's going. The buses are moving. The kids are getting picked up. Everybody's like, yeah, fuck yeah. I can hear. And then I get in my car and I look to the left and there's the cable man up on the stoop. Arms raised in a V. Yo, don't touch my cone. I got out. I rolled my window down and I crawled. I like put my arm out of the window, my head out. I said, yo, fuck off with your fucking cones. You stupid son of a bitch. You don't even know what you're doing. And I'm just rattling off. And this guy's yelling at me. Don't throw my cone. It was great. I was like, dude, fuck you. I, I fucking eyed that guy down. I'm like, dude, you're gonna sit, you don't stop with me. You just caused a shit show for fucking 300 people right here. Because of your goddamn cone. I'll stuck that cone right up your ass, buddy. And so it was a great, it was a great day. Really. I laughed all the way to the bank, so they say, Mike. All the way home, my kid. Maybe I'm a hero in that line, Mike, now. Up there on Apricot Street. I'm going to send you a picture of the house, too. So you can put it on, if you want. All right. This is Stories from Central Mass. And you're listening to Mike Ruggiero, who's lived on Ekman Street, Vale Street, Marconi Road, and various others. Maybe he'll name them in the next podcast. What are you doing, Vin? What are you doing? You are the working class hero, I understand. And, and my, my stepfather was a bus driver, and uh, he would thank you for that. But I also drive a bread truck and realize that buses are the bane of my existence because they stop every freaking 45 feet to pick up kids because no one walks anymore. That's why there's so much damn traffic on Apricot Street. As far as the numbskull with the cones, bravo, bravo. I had the uh, Spectrum guy at my own house yesterday. See, my wife works remote as a nurse. And uh, she's triaging, you know, all sorts of different people. And uh, she can't have her internet cutting in and out. And all she wanted was something to come over. We're in a test on the line, which they can do from the, from the office. But she wanted them to come over and replace the router. Because the router was blinking weird. We don't know if it's the router, but it's not her equipment. So... She says to the... So the guy shows up. Okay. So I'm driving in the snow and there's these people walking right up to the car and talking to me like I have some control over the weather. Anyhow. Good times here in Worcester. So, yeah. So the guy shows up. You know, Spectrum guy. Very nice, polite guy. You know, my wife's a nurse. You know, does the COVID uh, nursing over the phone. And uh, she wants people to wear a mask in the house. He does all that. He makes himself pretty comfy at the house, though. He came in and out probably, I don't know how many times, however many times you can every five minutes, from 11 in the morning to 4 in the afternoon, to change a router. It's the equivalent of plugging in a VCR and with some phone cords. You see, I don't think he wanted to give us a router because he wasn't sure if that was the problem. Nevertheless, once the router went in, everything worked, and it's been fine since... 
I'm not picking on the uh, cable guys because, like you said, my cousin was a cable guy and he's dealt with some jackasses. You know, jackasses come on uh, from all sides, you know? You know, the person doing the work, the person getting the work done, people driving the buses, people on the buses, people uh, trying to drive the buses can be good, you know? It's, uh, it's, a, it's a tangled web we weave that man. But as far as doxing me, uh, you know, uh, uh, telling everyone where I've lived in the past, uh, don't do that, man, okay? I don't even say my last name on this. They have Vincent Dacry. You know, of Webster Square Mass. You know? I didn't tell them your street. You didn't tell me my street either. Yeah, I'm just kidding with you. I don't care. Anyhow. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. I'll talk to you in a minute. Oh, yeah. I remember what I was going to say now. <laughs> I started singing Pearl Jam lyrics when you were like, With his arms raised in a V? I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm old, but I'm sure you yelled a few syllables. I love how you you still yell out your car window even with your kids in the car. That's great stuff, man. That's great. <laughs> so I briefly mentioned how it was snowing and some people walking in the middle of the road. Uh, it is. Uh, February 25th, I think. It's Friday, 25th, 26th, somewhere around there. Maybe, whatever. It snowed, like, bad. It's come down for since, like, 3 o'clock this morning. It was almost a foot of snow. I went to Boston on Wednesday to the Boston Science Museum, where it's fun to find out. Anyway, I got in my car to leave there right around 2.30 in the afternoon. My thermometer on my car said 68 degrees. And it was sunny and people were wearing shorts. It is Friday. The snow is still falling. And there's over a foot of snow on the ground. This aggravates me. This aggravates me. I live in New England. Don't give me all the stupid cliches. Uh, You want want to know the weather in New England? Hey, wait a minute. It'll change. Ah, shut up. We're still people. You know? We're still people here. We want to live. You know, I've been to the St. Patrick's, St. Patty's Day Parade in Worcester. It was 72 degrees or something like that one year. The next year, there was an ice storm. We couldn't have it. It's crazy. All right. Let me get off my uh, my high horse here and uh, go in and pick up my pizza. Talk to you later. So this isn't a cliff story. <clears throat> this is just a story from when I was a kid. And I worked at uh, the window factory with my dad. I'm not going to name it because I don't know how I feel about saying the name. But anyway, my parents still own it. So it's not like they're paying for advertising, you know? Anyway, what I was going to say was is I used to work at the window factory. And it was on Cambridge Street in Worcester. And it was right next to Breen's Cafe. So guess where that is. And I used to work there with my two cousins, Shane and Dave. <clears throat> And one day we were loading the truck. There was, these, uh, there was a loading dock on the left side of the building you could back the trucks up to. And we had a rack body Isuzu, um, you know, whatever whatever the hell they call it, rack body truck. It was like a five-speed. And uh, we, were, we were loading, I think, I don't know, windows onto it or something. And across the street, there was a couple of little girls sitting there with their brand-new puppy. And they had a... Uh, <laughs> they had a pit bull puppy and they were sitting there and I, we'd always wave to them we knew who they were and their mom and stuff and they were waiting for their mom to pick them up to go somewhere 
All of a sudden, you know, I'm loading the windows. I hear a blood-curdling scream come from across the street. And I, I freak out, and I look up, and I'm like, oh, I'm like scared, because I, I, I thought maybe the girls got hurt or something. I look over, and they drop their dog, and they're both screaming. I mean, screaming. And the dog's running, and there's a big cat. <laughs> a house cat chasing a baby, a little puppy pit bull around the building. My cousins start laughing. They're like, oh, you know, like, not laughing, but they're like, oh, nothing to worry about there. Pitbull's going to eat that cat in a couple of years. But the girls are screaming and crying, and I have that, you know, I'm the, I'm the hero. So I, uh, I jump over the side of the truck, I run over. <laughs> Such a fucking goofball I am. I run over, and the girls are crying, and, you know, that's the reason I went over there, because they were crying. So I run over, and I, I run around the building, and there's a uh, the little pit bulls in the corner of the building with his eyes closed, and he's quivering, and he's a little puppy shaking, and his big, nasty old cat was about to stick his claws in his head. So I just walked by the cat, and I picked the dog up, and I walked over, and I handed it to the two little girls. Well, one of them. And they instantly, they're starting to cry. They just instantly grab my hand and don't even want to be on that side of the street anymore. So I had to, like, cross them. And now I'm like, okay, now I'm crossing two random little girls across the street that don't even know their names with their dog. And uh, you know, my cousins are sitting there laughing. Like, oh, yeah, now what are you going to do? Now you're babysitting. I'm like, ah, yeah. So I stood there on the sidewalk. And their mom pulled up, like, five minutes later. And she's like, what's going on? I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, there was a cat chasing your, your new dog. She's like, a cat chasing my dog? The girls were like, yeah, the cat was going to kill his book. His guy came and he saved him. And she starts laughing. She's like, okay, yeah, thanks a lot. I was like, yeah, I'm the hero. Anyway, that story sucked. And I sound like a goofball. But I, I, I felt at the time, you know, the adrenaline was kicking in. And I think to myself, now that dog ended up getting to be a pretty big, nasty looking dog. And I was hoping that he'd remember my smell in case, uh, you know, he ever felt like chewing me or anything, you know. To tell you the truth, I think they moved away not too long after that, and I never saw the dog again, but I did a good deed, right? Forget about it. Stories like that last one happen on this uh, podcast uh, far too frequently. It's like I have two quick little good ones, and I don't want to put an eight-minute podcast, so I try to squeeze in a story that is just irrelevant. But I'm going to leave it in there just so you can see the agony I go through while I'm waiting for Vin to send me one of his road rage stories. I'm kidding. But Vin, just, Vin sends me videos or, or recordings of him telling me that he's going to send me a recording. Yeah, yeah, dude, dude, I, got, I, was, I was doing it. I was doing a good job. I was sending a recording. I'll send it in tomorrow, all right? No problem. I'm like, dude, it's just like the, you know, I'm not a fucking TV exec. I don't give a shit when you send it in there, Ben. But don't give me false hope, you know? I like to put these things out with some consistency. As you can tell right now, I'm stalling for time. This is what you do. By the way, I'm back at that intersection right now where those two guys just decided to walk in front of my car. Then nowhere to be found. Huh? Interesting. Interesting how that happens when people walk away from somewhere on their own feet. All right. So you've been listening to Stories from Central Mass Podcast, as Vin likes to say. He makes fun of me. He doesn't like the Anchor app. But uh, he is the only person other than his brother Mike who sent in any... Uh, um, any stories so if you know me and you know my phone number which i'm not giving out over the air uh record yourself telling me a quick you know five minute story on a uh audio text and send it to me and if it's not horrendous if even if it's bad i'll put it on the podcast you know what's awesome uh anchor gives you a penny for the little commercial every time it plays so I've had over 2,000 downloads of or whatever plays of my podcast. I mean, I've had it for four years. There was months and months at a time where I didn't do anything. 
So I've been putting them out lately, and every time it gets played, I get a penny. And for the first couple months, I didn't have any advertisements in there. So I had about $17.80 something cents. Almost, <coughs> excuse me, almost 18 bucks. Oh, I go in there yesterday and it's down to, uh, it's down to, what was it, 12. Apparently there's some type of a new fee that they charge you. Well, they don't charge you, but they docked from my money. So my gigantic whopping $18 I've made in four years to do this podcast. I was docked. So please share the share the podcast. Tell your friends and uh, call in with some stories. Leave a five star review on the uh, on the uh, uh, you know my Apple or Spotify or wherever else, and uh, I'll give you a shout out on the podcast. Yeah, God, that, that sounds official, right? Like one of those jackasses who knows what's going on. Yeah. So anyway, it's been nice chatting with you. I think I've rattled on long enough here where I could probably put this one out. I'll put the uh, commercial after this little part here. I'll throw a couple of old stories on there so when you look at the uh, podcast it'll look like it says 20 minutes long and it's really only 12 and we'll have a good time and we'll all forgive each other. Alright. Once again you've been listening to Real Stories from the Highway Patrol and I'm Officer O'Daniel. Bye-bye. Stories for Central Mass podcast has been brought to you by a pair of worn-out work boots that I should have replaced already. In fact, the shoestring broke today and I had to put painter's tape around my boot. But hey, they were 150 bucks, and I almost got 10 months out of them. So, this story has been brought to you by worn-out work boots. Oh yeah! All right, we're back. That was uh, my buddy Dan telling uh, a story of... We're just trying to get this podcast off the ground. I don't want to do it by myself anymore. I'm having a horrible time telling stories without somebody to bounce them off of. And Dan was, uh, well, my second roommate, actually, because I live with my cousin. I might have told that story before, but Dan and I moved in together when I was about 22, and we had a couple of uh, apartments, and then Dan bought a house, and rented it to me and his cousin. We fucked that place up bad too. But before Dan's cousin was our roommate, we had, we'll just call him the first roommate. Well, third roommate. The third, third the first third roommate. Third roommate. One. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, so, you, you fill the, us in. So, I remember we were, uh, your parents had just split up. Yeah. And you and I were at Ralph's one night. We're upstairs drinking in, fr- in front of the Time to Fuck sign. Watching the band The Woodgrain Theory. Right, right. And I remember that. Right, and the bartender's name was Jessica, I think. And she was, uh, yeah. Anyway, so we were, um, so we found it. So third roommate, um, he, uh, we'll just say, we'll just say it. He just got out of jail and he had, he was working at Norton and Company, which is a fucking dungeon. It's probably the worst place in the world to work. I'm sorry if any of you guys work at Norton. I'm sure people we know work there. But you will agree. I'm sorry. You'll agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you work there, you know what we're saying. Um, speaking of suicides, they have a pretty high suicide rate. (laughs) But he, um. So he had gotten a line on this apartment through a family friend. It was a lady he knew owned the three-decker. And uh, the middle apartment was empty. And his crazy fucking sister lived on the second, on the third floor. Yeah. Right? So we move in. So it's you and myself and third roommate. Yeah. And uh, he just got into jail. So he was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he le- and he worked third shift. So his 5 o'clock was 7 a.m. 
Yep. Which made for some real interesting times when you get ready to go to work and this dude comes back home wanting to fucking party and trick moose heads all day. Yeah. But yeah, so he moved in. We all moved in together. And uh, the first night, there were some girls over. We had a party. Because we had a party literally every day. It was a yeah. fucking party every day. And uh, it was awesome. And I implore anybody to live their, their, their 20s that way. But he, uh, he had a thing for feet. Oh my god, yeah. The feet. And it was January. It was freezing balls cold in that house. Because it was a three-deck. It only had the stove heater and the yes. heater and the power. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, he was giving this girl a foot rub. And, uh, <laughs> and he pressed the arches of her feet together. And she thought it was so nice getting a foot rub. She was so happy. And he pressed the fucking arches of her feet together. And he said, you know what I want to do with your feet? Because he talks like that. Oh, yeah. I can't even do the voice. He looked, he, or just to describe him, he looks a little like... If there was a an older, well, not older, but if there was, if Charlie Sheen had another brother that wasn't Emilio Estevez, but also looked like Michael Douglas from Falling Down, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> well, he looked like, yeah, he looked like, like you know, like the Balpins have that fucking one they don't talk about. He would yeah. have been like the Estevez they don't fucking talk about. Yeah. Um, but he was crazier than Charlie Sheen, almost maybe. I don't know. Oh yeah, and he was, and he was a built dude. And in his eyes, he looked like the ultimate warrior. But in everyone else's eyes, he looked like a guy with uh, who did push-ups and curls in jail. Right, right. Fucking... Not picking on him. The guy was way more and, better shape than I am. And he never did likes. And he was French Canadian. Which makes him fucking crazy. Which I used to refer to him as the dirty Frenchman. And I cringe every time I say it because I'd be nervous that maybe he would, you know, twist my head off or something. Oh, but he loved me. On, before we still any further, on right. the, they, they tore the Dirty Kent down at Hampton Beach where we they were last week. The dirty, dirty Kent's gone. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, that's, oh the building, Dirty Kent. <laughs> I forgot what you were talking about at first. But no, they're building like a fucking condo complex called the Kentville. So the, the Dirty Kentville? Kent, the Kentville. Oh, where are you guys going on vacation? The, Kentville. The, the oh, that's, Kent. that's beautiful. That's beautiful. But anyway, so Jeff was a fucking crazy Frenchman. Um, and now he has uh, a name, huh? He said his name. It's okay. Fuck it. He knows who we're talking about. So anyway, he, um, <laughs> so <laughs> we're bad at this, man. Right. So he, well, he, I'll give you my social security number he next. He tells his fucking girl, he's, he presses her feet together. He tells her what he wants to do to the fucking feet. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, it's how babies are made. If you were fucking wondering. So she pulls her feet away from him. Fucking screams, grabs her bag, her shoes, and runs the fuck off. Like her and her friends leave too. And he's like, "Oh, whatever." And he goes, goes to bed. And I look at Mike, and I'm like, "Dude, we're gonna get go to fucking jail. This guy's fucking nuts." Yeah, and yeah. he was nuts. Yep. First day he comes in, he's got the stolen hot box. You know. Yeah. We stole. We never paid for cable that entire time he was with us. Right. You know? I remember sitting on the couch watching Deliverance with him one night, and uh. And he thought it was a fucking comedy. <laughs> How about the time our friend Michelle came over? Uh, high school friend Michelle, she comes over and she's got open-toed shoes on. And Jeff starts and staring at her feet. No, that was like Jay's. She got a splinter in her foot and he's oh, taking okay. the splinter out. He's taking his sweet fucking time. And I'm like, I'm like, I go over, I grab her foot, I take the splinter out. I'm like, letting this guy touch your feet, you might as well ask him for a pelvic exam. <laughs> oh, it was, it was creepy and awesome. We had this terrible uh, situation in that first apartment, though, because the people sold the place right after they gave it to us. And, no, uh, actually, you, you remember that wrong. They didn't okay. sell it. Okay. The reason that lady put us there was the guy on the first floor was on the fence of whether he was going to buy it or not, oh, and right. he was jerking off the landlady about, yeah, well, maybe I'll buy it. He kept lowballing offers on her. So she puts us in the second floor, and that fucking guy went to his mortgage guy the next day and yeah. said, yeah, i got to buy this house. i got to get these guys out of here. So uh, they were going to give us a break on our rent for something. I can't remember exactly the scenario, 
But we'll just, I'm going to go back to calling him the first roommate guy because uh, maybe you didn't catch his name. And third little, roommate 1.0. Third roommate 1.0. He, um, he made a deal with uh, the landlord, whichever one it was, I don't remember. We had some old carpets that we tore up and we had put them out on the porch and it rained on them for like that first month we lived there. And she was like, hey, look, if you get rid of these things, I don't know, you guys can have a party. That's what it was. You guys can have a party if you guys get rid of this. I won't say a word. Meanwhile, she's planning on not owning the house in like 24 hours. So she's like, yeah, you can have a party, whatever you want to do. So roommate 1.0 um, gets in touch with a friend of ours. We'll just call him Zimmy. And uh, <laughs> Zimmy had a pickup truck and um, they swapped. They both worked together and uh, they swapped vehicles for the night. For whatever reason, I think that guy needed a, like a, a vehicle that wasn't a pickup so he could use, you know, have because 1.0 had a truck, that you know, uh, a Jeep Cherokee. So maybe, I don't remember exactly why, but nevertheless, we had this- We're gonna tell 1.0 this uh, Mustang story after. Okay, yes, absolutely. Yes, yes, that's a good one. Anyway, so I'll make this story quick. Uh, You just said Jeff again, didn't you? No, I said 1.0. Oh, you said 1.0. Fucking suck. (laughs) (laughs) So fuck it, Jeff, Jeff Jeff has Zimmy's truck and he can't drive a standard. So he's like, hey Mike, I've got the pickup truck. I got a place we can dump these carpets. We can get rid of them. I'm like, all right, man. He's like, but I, I don't drive a standard. You know, Jeff had been in jail since, for, for, since you know, from teens to he got his yeah. license after being in jail, so he didn't know how to drive a standard. So I'm like, yeah, I can drive a standard. So I go and I get in this little Toyota. Um, I, I know it's not an S10, whatever the Toyota pickup yeah, is. Whatever the fuck it is. So I get in it and I know we're firing up. And Jeff loads it all up and he's like, all right, man, go down the street. Oh, actually, no, no, go up the street. I'm like, all right. So I go up the street, go around the block come back over he's like pull over I'm like dude we're like right we're like a hundred yards away from our apartment next to the this little convenience store just like yeah this is where we're going he pulls it <laughs> he pulls it behind he has me pull it behind this little place there's it says you are on camera right on the wall and there's a camera facing us he's like get out of the car I'm like alright so we get out and he, he starts loading carpets and he goes over to the dumpster dumpster's locked because obviously you were on camera you're not supposed to dump here and he just starts unloading the carpets all over the ground right there Literally, if you were at home and looked out your bedroom window, you would have seen us. And we oh, dumped them awesome. all right there. We get back in his truck. He's like, don't go right back to the apartment. I'm like, yeah, no shit. And I drive away. He's like, all right, go back. Go this way. So we drove the exact same way. We went and came back around. So we made like a, we went out of the way and made a loop and then parked 100 yards from the fucking store. Yes. Awesome. Probably even closer. Parked right there. And then Jeff immediately gets out because he, <laughs> he didn't have his cell phone yet. But remember when he because he, he he thought the, the 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 cordless phone you could drive around with because he had seen cell phones on TV or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know exactly right, what. Right. Yeah, so it had been invented while he was away. He had no idea. Well, I mean, they were invented before he went away, but they he weren't. Was they like were fucking pro. Robinson Crusoe incarcerated. He's like, this thing should work all the way down. I mean, I don't know if he was pulling out a leg and just thought maybe the cell the cordless phone would work down the street, but he tried to leave the house with the cordless phone. Anyway. So he calls Zimmy back up. Zimmy comes and gets his truck, and he's like, "Hey, you guys didn't really need the pickup for that very long." No, no, no. We swapped it, and nothing ever we came. We literally could just walk the fucking things down there and throw them. Like, yeah, we could on the ground next to the dump block. But, but we had a in a you know we had a getaway vehicle. So so Jeff bought a Mustang uh, because his last memory before he went to jail was how cool fucking Vanilla Ice was with his 5.0. So he gets his Mustang, and it was a uh, he wrecked it a couple times because he was a terrible driver. Uh, hopefully he's, he's a good driver now because we all told you his name out here a times. So we might as well just text us to him. But anyway, uh, so he traded into this seediest used car lot in goddamn Massachusetts. This place is sketchy as all shit. And he went to uh, so, so at this time, at this time, Jeff was uh, 
1.0 was on, um, I don't know how to, how to say it. Um, he was, he was, I know I spelled that wrong, but parole. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. I don't know if we should say Yeah. 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 So I, parole is what I wrote. Anyway, he, um, I wasn't sure if I was going to say that, but he, he was working literally 55 hours a week in a factory making grinding mills and he was happy to do it. And he worked the night shift and he worked his ass off and he got this car and he was proud of it. And he was driving it around and stuff. It was a nice car. It was a nice car. Actually, are we telling which story are we telling? Because he wiped the thing out. Remember We're talking he, about when the thing got no, stolen. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Because remember when he, he crashed it, too. Remember when yeah, he crashed, he crashed it? Yeah, he crashed the thing a couple times. He was yeah, he, he, he tried to do a, 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 I'm not hip on skateboarding terms, but tried to do like a 50-50 uh, uh, rail grind on a guardrail on 290. Right. But yeah. So anyway, Jeff has his car, and... He trades it in. Now you finish. So he trades it to this terrible fucking used car lot. This like, I mean, it's. Uh, I, I I swear it was like, you could literally buy a car with fucking unemployment checks there. That's what that's, that was their business model. But anyway, so somebody stole his car, off the lot. Off the lot. Who worked there? Like a like a detail guy, whatever, stole it, and then took the police on a chase. But because he was the last registered owner of the vehicle, so they oh they wrecked the fucking car. Oh, what happened was. It literally was the guy that washed cars. Okay. Took the keys from the place and stole the car in the middle of the night off the lot. And ended up in a high-speed pursuit through three towns on Route 9. But then he wrecks it. Yeah, he and they ran it, the yeah. van. And he was the last registered owner. And he was on parole. So the fucking cops were like, well, this so, is a lead pipe cinch. So 1.0 is at work making grinding wheels. And Dan and I are, are sleeping in our apartment. And we get the our first... I think it was the first in trip from the yeah. most of the police department. Yeah, they were super, super, really, they were, actually, they were very polite. I remember that, I was actually You answered shocked. the door. I, I, I'm I like, hey remember. guys, uh, what's going on? And they're like, you know, I'm looking for fucking 1.0, and I'm like, ah, he's not here, he's at work. And they're like, well, that's fine, but we're gonna wait for him. And uh, they also checked to make sure he was at work, too, but I we, think, yeah, they sent someone there. But we too. had to sit there and have a really uncomfortable evening for like an hour and a half with these random cops just sitting on our, couch, on, our, on our couch, like. And in his defense, the poor guy was just at work making grinding wheels. Literally, it's like it's like a Flintstones type story here. He's like making grinding wheels or spacely cogs or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's he, he's there making like, and he loved it. And he was the best one they ever had. He literally broke records for making these freaking. Yeah, he was wheels. a machine. The dude was a machine. He, like the, the union rep was like, "Look, man, you're making us look bad. You got to slow the fuck down." Jeff's like, "Fuck you. I could go back to jail. I need to do this the right way." So anyway. Yeah, that was just like so. If you've ever done anything wrong, I, I totally believe it. it. It follows you, man. It really followed him. Yeah, it's t- it's tough. It's 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 um, it's a stigma you can't shake. Um, so then we, we we lost that apartment. Not lost it. We were thrown the fuck out. Like yeah, that, that's a way of losing it. Yeah. So the guy buys the the guy in the first floor is this biker dude and his girlfriend, and uh, they were probably they, we thought they were so freaking old. They were probably 38, 38, 39. Say they're probably younger than us now. Yeah. Right. So. Uh, this this guy's not happening anymore. Do you remember when he did? He tried to scare us off with his music. Well, I had the bedroom right over his uh, right over his bedroom, and you know, let me just tell you, I had a uh, surround sound stereo because this was the late '90s, and that was at four speakers. Love <laughs> four, huh? Shit. Yeah. So I just played playing music and stuff, and apparently I kept them up all night. So that next morning, well, he didn't like your music. He played fucking Garth Brooks with the speakers, like, on top of his refrigerator. No, he, like, he fucking Whoa. screwed them to the ceiling. Yeah, I had, all right, all right. I had to go down and make the peace with the guy. I'm like, all right, I gotta go and tell the ass figure out what's going on. But they, they went away for the weekend. Yeah. They went away for a weekend, and he fucking left Garth Brooks in a loop and screwed the speakers to the fucking ceiling and laughed his way all the way to wherever they 
like, you know, they're awful oh, white yeah. trash. They probably, who knows where they went. Yeah, he totally was a village person. I mean, he literally was a contractor in work boots, and then one day he showed up with chaps and the fucking They bought a Harley, they became a new person? Yeah, I was just waiting for the fucking Indian and the, you know, <laughs> and the fucking, right. whatever the other fourth guy was. I think that's what his wife dressed up like. Yeah. His wife could have kicked my ass. I mean, she was a tough bitch. Yeah. But yeah, he, um, so he, he tried to scare us out. And then basically he made the deal with us. Start looking for an apartment now because I'm going to evict your asses because I just bought the house. And we found probably the biggest dumpster in the history of the world to live in because that was probably, 52 of L Street might be the shittiest apartment I've ever stepped foot in, never mind lived in. And we lived there for two We long. bought an apartment that we didn't, we didn't buy it. We rented an apartment through the newspaper. And this is how long ago it was. Our rent was 600 bucks a month. Right. And we thought it was a little high. <laughs> you know what? We overpaid for that fucking We rent. did. And we didn't realize that we rented a former drug house. Oh, yeah. It was Dennis. It was Dennis. Name. Dennis, yeah. I can't even watch Always Sunny without thinking that fucking Yeah. Movie. I don't, never met the guy. He looked just like me, apparently. People said he looked just like yeah. me. Yeah. And, and uh, it was just a regular three-decker, two, second floor in Worcester. And... It's uh, my room was the I think it was the cat box before I moved um, <laughs> Actually, that's where the dead kid happened too. Yeah, so you want to have your haunted story? Your fucking room was haunted as shit. Yeah, I never saw anything, but I do believe you because if you've ever listened to any of my podcasts, I am a true believer in uh, the afterlife and haunting and shit. But I'm not gonna freak you out with that right now. Right. But Dan Swiss. Yeah, stop my, selling the fucking Amway, dude. I'm, I'm like, trying to sell the Amway. This is my pyramid. Step on board. But anyhow, yes, yeah, so we, we lived there, and, and, and this is when Jeff we first moved in. My friend Trisha had given me like her lamp from uh, her uh, her like uh, dorm room from college. And the terrible me... black couch. And, and it, the style, that couch was awesome. It was yeah. the it was a pull out couch, and the thing was you could not sleep on it. But it was a sweet uh, leather couch. You, mean, you, you, you gutted it and made it into a regular love seat. Right. But I kept that thing for way too long. You too. brought it to North Carolina with you, and I brought it back. That fucking thing would have been here if I went to maybe throw it away. Oh jeez. No, we dropped that off your off third. The, yeah, 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 yeah. We dropped that off a third floor. Anyway, but anyway, anyhow, the story I was getting was uh, my friend Trisha gave me this lamp that had like a floodlight that she painted red. And it just had this floodlight red light bulb. And I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. I'll just put it, the hallway light went out. So I screwed this red light in. And I'm an idiot. I don't know that in this neighborhood, turn on the red light might mean something. Right. Like, you know, former drug house and everything. And Jeff's just like, yeah, man, that's, that probably means we either have prostitutes or cocaine here. I was like, Oh my God! No, we don't have either. Yeah, well, he got that ex- that education in, in, in jail where he learned all the yeah finer points of being a criminal. I mean, I have a nice house in a town right now, and my house was robbed a few years ago, and we lived on that street. Nobody touched us. No one ever. We had we didn't a. Have any. Well, nevertheless, you could still come. I keep saying nevertheless. It's my stupid phrase. I say when I have a little buzz. But dude, the fucking door was the a door was interior door. That I you're, like every I, door in your house is stronger than that. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? You, the, the, it was like you could have put it like one of those folding doors to a bathroom. Right. A shower curtain would have been a more fucking sturdy door than we had. I remember when we left. It was like, all right, well, let's see how strong this door is. No, I went out. And got, we were, I came home hammered one night from the plantation club. And uh, I came, stumbled up the stairs, and I tripped on the last stair, and I went head first through the thing, and the door just sprung open like nothing. And then I threw up on the floor. And you guys have put me in the tub. But yeah. Good times. How about the time you sleeping on the pool table with your appendix exploding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're just like, oh, wow, Dan really can't handle his liquor. Right, right. His poor mom came with, like, some soup and shit. She's like, you guys didn't know he was, like, dying? It's like, well, I thought he had a bad hangover. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, his, yeah, he was in a pissy mood. I thought he just wanted like no one to come over. Mood. <laughs> I'm a fucking flat rate mechanic. I'm always pissed off. But no, the um, so anyway, we're in this awful apartment, and uh, the story I wanted to get to was um, we 
that was like the end game for me. I'm like, I need to get the fuck out of here. So I was making real good money at the time. I was not. <laughs> right. And Jeff had gone, so we were on roommate. Jeff went back to college, if you want to Right, so we went, on, we went to third roommate 2.0, our cousin, my cousin. And uh, yeah, we're good. So he had, um, so, you know, and, and the, the, the third roommate 2.0, he was a, uh, he is, he's a fucking wonderful guy. We still see him all the time. But um, he's not the neatest guy in the world. Um, and neither are the two of us by no, any means. So we fucking, we basically condemned the pantry and put a ref second refrigerator in the hallway, in the kitchen, and put it in front of the door so you just didn't go in the pantry anymore. Yeah, we put caution tape over the pantry and just, you know. Like, it just didn't exist anymore. That, that, in, that room does not exist. In the two years we lived in that apartment, we did not make one meal in right. that place. I think Dan might have made some ramen, which is where your ramen meister idea was going to come from. I know. I'm still going to make that happen. All right. It was gonna be a VHS cassette. A VHS cassette in the shape of a ramen noodle? Fuck. Or a shape of a ramen noodle. Don't yeah. say it, people will still oh, think oh, it. Oh, assholes. Trademarked, trademarked. Yeah, copyright. Copyright uh, infringement. So, um, anyway, so, uh, one night, we're watching TV, uh, fucking wrestling, whatever you guys are watching. Oh yeah, I was and, big uh, wrestling back then. There's gunshots. Oh yeah. And people running and shit. And, uh, the, house, the three duck across the street from us were, were full of like Chinese gang members with fucking triads or whatever. Grant the Tiger Society. So uh, my mom's one of those people who listens to the police scanner because fucking, I don't know if you guys have a mom like that, but they're not fun. You can't get away with anything. She's literally listening to the scanner. Um, and the gunshots happen and this and that, and we're all laughing it off. And we're like, oh, I guess the fucking ice cream truck's not coming tonight. Cause oh, the ice cream truck. truck came overnight. It was awesome. That guy was so confused why we kept going down and buying ice cream and and popcorn and not crack because because <laughs> that's what his business was. I'm pretty sure that's what you do when you park an ice cream truck on a corner of but Bell Street I loved, Dorchester I loved on a hot night in that fucked up neighborhood it was like a ceasefire like when the fucking when the ice cream truck came all these different fucking oh, yeah. members and shit were like hey time out time ice out. cream motherfucker we're having ice cream Is it? It's popcorn and, and, and then, then it's back to the game yeah. but the uh, so my mom calls me immediately after and she says was that shooting at your house? I'm like, no, mom, it was the house across the street. Uh, <laughs> yeah. we're it was a good 25 feet away. Like, we're not the fucking triads. Uh, and she said, Dave, you've got like $25,000 in your checking account. You need to buy a house and get the fuck out of there and grow up. So we did. I bought, I bought a house, um, a cute yeah. little house. Ironically, across the street from the house we just spoke of. Right. Uh, yeah, dead guy wasn't there yet. But the, um, the house we bought was in a... Uh, like cute little, it was, a, it was a neighborhood that was built by that company that room, Roommate 1.0 worked at. And uh, the house was really cute, it was tiny. Um, we all lived pretty happy there. And uh, I had the attic. And we ruined the fucking place. Uh, we lived like savages. It was the Delta house. I actually made the Red Delta. And, and we actually house. had to talk to somebody about. Yeah, the city thought we were running an illegal rooming house. Because they thought we were like college students who tried to open a frat because we hung up. We red did it triangle. before old school. The movie Old School came out, and I said, "Oh, like ten years." Ago. Right. We did. We I'm like we had already done it. I'm like we started our own frat, and it was full of misfits and weirdos and miscreants and uh, fuck terrible people and some good funny people and some real shitheads. Um, it, it was did, awesome. Then says to me one day, he's like, "Oh, you know, it'd be cool." If we could take the doors off that sliding door and I could get my motorcycle inside here and I'd, I'd totally turn that 883 into a 1200 and I was like, well, I make those doors for a living. I, I totally know how to take that off. It's pretty simple. You just pull this and this. And he's like, all right. 
So we did it. 20 minutes later, I, Dan's got his motorcycle on his linoleum. Not even linoleum. It was, it it was, was ceramic tile. Ceramic yeah. tile, yeah. Because that's the problem. Because I think you cracked a few by rumbling a Harley in yeah, the freaking kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, a lot of like really significant things happen in our life in that house. And I'm grabbing a beer, so... Just, All right, I'll put the phone a little closer to you over there so you like, can hear you. Summer uh, shandy? Come on sure, whatever. The, uh, the, all right, we made a beer can chicken, a turkey. Right. This, this is a great story. Beer can right. turkey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, where did we get the turkey from? I got it from my fucking sheep boss. All right, it was a work turkey. So I worked, for a, I worked for a small car dealership, and the Christmas bonus was a fucking turkey. And I'm like, this is great. We're back. And we're like, I'm not going to make this. But uh, when you run it, like, you know, eventually you make it because you're going to eat everything in the house eventually. We, we made that turkey and it actually came out good, but we wouldn't eat any of it because we knew. We stuffed it with pork fried rice. We stuffed, well, that was after it was cooked. So we get the turkey, we put the beer can in it. And when you make I, a beer can turkey, I, I wish I knew all the details. I was really Well, dry. I remember this part was when you make a beer can turkey, you're supposed to only use a half a can of beer. And oh. I put a 24-ounce Coors Light in it and just cracked it and stuffed it in it. So, now, our new roommate, who is, what do you say his name, correct? Yeah, Mark. Yeah, Mark. Yeah, Mark. Mark. Uh, he's a big guy. You know, we, we called him Big Daddy back then. That was when the Big Daddy gave us being one and stuff. He, if, like, he's like, if you, um, if you took a photo negative of the most notorious B.I.G., he's right about that. Right? That's about... He's a photo negative. Yeah, he's a little bit more athletic than him. Yeah, well, because he was he was running the garbage truck at times. He was, he was running. Yeah, he even played football. He was he was considerably in better shape than Big. Trust me on that one. Mark Mark could ball a little. So, do you? Do, okay, so I was unaware that that Mike uh, is a is a hip hop fucking um, album cover connoisseur. I, I honestly <laughs> I could barely pick the fucker out of a police lineup if I had to. But. Sorry, Mark. I didn't mean to. No, no, you weren't born my squirrel, man. I'm just telling. I just giving Mark a little more credit yeah, than Big. Like... You know, uh, but we had taken the turkey and, like I said, we had the ceramic tile floor that Dan had cracked by, you know, running a fucking Harley in the right. kitchen. So this is our Christmas party, and uh, so I'm blackout drunk by now, so I don't remember all the details, but I do what, remember. I remember the aftermath. To make the turkey, this is the because we made it the night before because we wanted to do the overnight thing for some stupid reason. I don't know why. We're stupid because yeah. we knew like. I had heard, hey, you cook a turkey overnight. So take the beer can, put it in the turkey, set the thing on a low heat, and put it in the oven and set it and forget it. <laughs> right, I don't know. And that. we forgot it. Because the next morning when I got up, um, you probably up first. Dan gets up and he walks downstairs, and I'm on the third floor, and all I hear is that fucking Barney Rubble footsteps. <laughs> Boom! And I hear a smoke. What the fuck? And the fucking... Beer can had exploded inside the turkey, so there's nothing but beer foam and turkey grease oozing like lava out of the fucking <laughs> oven all over the floor. I come running down, I don't know what happens, and I hit the fucking floor. Zip! Boom! I hit the ground. Looking like clockwork. And comes Mark. He comes running down. All three of us end up... Now, at this point, we're not the cleanliest of people. We're 23, 24 yeah. years old at the most. We didn't mop the floor. We cleaned up the floor with a fucking towel. So the whole rest of the Christmas party the next night, it was like a fucking grease, it was like a, a skid car track <laughs> in the fucking kitchen. But none of us would touch the fucking turkey because we weren't even sure. We just put it out there and all of our fucking... People drunk, ate it. I drunk fucking friends and ate it and they loved it. It was good. So the next day I'm going to, the next morning after the party, so the, I were right. At some point in the party, I threw the Christmas tree outside with the lights still on. Yeah. I'm like, this thing's fucking out of here. We need more room. I threw it outside. Um, 
I I guess I fell down and wiped out all the controls on the stove and broke it. Fucking ruined the stove. Um, oh yeah, you broke the arm off the fucking. Yeah, I blamed you for it. I thought I, I remember. You got up the next day. What the fuck did you do? I'm like, dude, you fucking totally wiped out your noggin. You know that knot on your head? I took the fucking handle out on the fucking stove. Right. So I got. I, I was going up. I was going on vacation the next day. I got to catch a flight. I came downstairs. I looked around the house, oh, and there was oh, yeah. fucking baloney stuck to the walls. And I don't know why oh, we yeah, had a couple of baloney. Yeah, oh, it was fucking awful. Oh, by the way, none of us are musicians, but we had a drum kit, a full bass amp rack, and a fucking guitar rack. And we just didn't, oh yeah, by the way, we didn't have any friends that were musicians. We had one, and he had nowhere to store it, and he left it there. And we just made noise with it. Right. Like, oh, it was beautiful, beautiful, sweet noise. Right, it was a lot of fun. I think it sounded like you are beating a fucking cat on a drum and... We were, we were still better than the fucking first Misfits album. Our unofficial <laughs> fourth roommate, though, he lived two houses away. <laughs> and he literally did have a cell phone that could travel. Because he'd carry it in his pocket, come down and get completely... Now, these houses were so tiny, they were called Norton's Capes. They were three floors, but the top floor was tiny. I was literally... I'm the smallest guy, so I fit up there. It wasn't, by the way, Dan owned the house, so he wasn't fucking fitting up there. He got the master bed, better, and Mark was not going to fit up there. He'd come up and visit me walking through his closet up the staircase and would just stand there it was a at waist high. Yeah, it was a ladder. He'd stand halfway up the ladder at waist high and be my height inside my room, and we'd watch TV as he leaned on my floor like, like a fucking, fucking Sesame Street character or something. <laughs> right, or like somebody took their hand up his back. Yeah, yeah. He's like Oscar the Grouch. But anyway, the fourth, the fourth fucking roommate, Alex, he lived, he, and he had a roommate, uh, Kirby. Uh, Kirby, yeah. We used to call him Flounder because he looked just like Flounder from Ireland. I accidentally said it to his face. Yeah, I thought he, he fucking knew it. He was, he was heartbroken by that, but and yeah. well, it wasn't like a bad thing. I didn't yeah. mean anything by awesome. it. Awesome. It's a great movie. But uh, Alex used to come up to our place, and Dan, we, we, you know, we were young guys. You know, me and Mark, whatever we bought, we drank. We Alex tri- was also the king of alcoholism. Yeah. We, we, we drank whatever we had that night, but Dan was trying to store a fucking nice little box. Like, yeah, we started off like, like a nice liquor cabinet. Like, oh, wouldn't it be nice? This fucking guy came down and drank a, a handle of vodka like it was a beer. Yeah, he just, whatever bottle it was, Windex, crack it open, fuck it, drink it. But he, he, com- he quit drinking though. God bless him. Oh, I know, if, I know. If, if you're listening to this, Alex, I, I can't, I commend you. You're like, you are a pillar of strength and I can't wait till you retire because you told me, you promised me you were going to jump off the wagon when you retired. But that first night we lived there, this is all coming back to me now. We shouldn't right. actually talk about this. Maybe. This could almost be its own story, but ah, fuck it, I'll go, I'll go through it. No. Oh, we'll start. Yeah, we start this over again. We'll start this. We'll tell this story another time after we re- we, we talk about this and make sure that nobody gets in trouble for anything. Right. Yeah, and there they should be assumed names because that's, that's yeah. that kind of story. All right, so anyway, Alex used to have his phone, and he'd come down and hang out with us and drink all our beer. And like you said, this was the fucking late 90s, early 2000s, literally. It's in 99, 2000, yeah. And um, he would sit there and peer out the window. He had his girlfriend. His girlfriend was the sweetest girl in the world. She was a veterinarian. She was like the nicest kid. And and she was like tired of his shit because he was drunk all the time. So he, uh, he would, he would, he would be drinking his, our handle of, of vodka that we used to make jello shots. And he'd be, he'd have his phone, and when his girlfriend called, he'd be like, guys, shut up! And he'd be like, oh, hey, babe. Oh, no, uh, yeah, no, I'm just sitting here watching TV, waiting for you to get out of work. Yeah, and we'd have to pretend we were at his house. And, uh, and I had birds. <laughs> and, and they'd, like, squawk and shit, and he'd be like, shut that thing up. But he would do that, and then, like, he'd get off the phone with her, and he'd be like, yeah, dude, she just left work, you got 20 minutes. And he'd drink, and we'd play video games, or whatever we're doing, foosball. And as soon as her car came around the corner, 
heated. Drop everything, run out the back door, run across our neighbor's lawn, the poor neighbor. The, the equestrian. Right, right. She um, literally was, wasn't she? She has horses. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought, well, the she was also a word to use for two ladies who like each other. Oh, yes, um, yes. But she uh, oh, that's a great story, too. I'm going to tell about Weird her. Weird guy. Yeah, yeah. Boyfriend. So anyway, <laughs> so Alex would run across and then run into his back door and then jump on his couch like Parker fucking Lewis. And like nobody, and she would come home and had no idea that he'd been out at our place getting fucking That just fucking dated fucked. us pretty bad. We just gave him right. a Parker Lewis reference. And he'd be on his couch pretending and like, and she had no idea he was at our house getting fucking plowed all day. Because, and that was his life. Oh, and Alex looked exactly like Gene LaVanci. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a compliment, dude. I mean, he's yeah. a handsome guy. That's a compliment to Gene LaVanche. Have you <laughs> seen him lately? Actually, yeah, Alex, you look a lot better than Gene LaVanche. Alex is a handsome man. But tell the story about the freaking middle neighbor between us and his and her fight. You know, that husband. could almost be a that could be a two point out. All right, we'll do that another time. But yeah, let's let's end this and we'll we'll end this and make sure that we didn't incriminate ourselves too much. We're at the half hour mark. Yeah, nobody's listening now. You're all either at work either, now. Either you're the three other people that know about this and you're listening to it, or a... Or you're third roommate 1.0 and you're on your way to our house to strangle us right the fuck now. I don't think he even cares, because I have more stories about him when I drove him cross-country. Oh, I, I drove... All right, we'll talk about I that. I spent very little time with Jeff, even though... I, I was... I was... Because I knew him when I was very, very young. Like, he fucking loved you and he buddied up to you immediately. Like, me and Jeff, we're, we had a very... I was like the fucking adult in the room a lot of times, and I'd be like, no, Jeff, no. Like, he would never think to... Oh, fuck it, I can't say, I gotta tell this story now. Man. But he would never think to walk up to a couple of girls in a bar with me and say, hey, you girls like to fuck? Like, he's the fucking, uh, the Russian guy outside of Clerks, fucking berserker guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, how's that go? Do you want to fuck berserker? Right. Something like that, I can't remember. He'd anyway. never think to do that with me because he, like, he knew I was a like, fucking, I, at least... I was a feral bachelor, but I was at least almost a grown-up, and he wouldn't do that shit with me. He did all kinds of awful shit with you. Yeah. I drove him and his uh, wife-to-be cross-country, and um, I'm thinking of stories right now, and I, I just don't want to really incriminate myself too, too much, but um, real quickly, we were at this uh, at this campground, and he's like, dude, I looked it up. It's where the Indianapolis 500 is every year. It's a fucking wild time. Yeah, the weekend the Indianapolis 500 is there. The rest of the year, it's a retirement community for people from across <laughs> country. So we get there, and we went to the biggest fireworks store in the country. I don't know if it's in Ohio, but it's like it's like a Walmart with just oh, with, good with just fireworks. We get these like, and we're from Massachusetts, so you can't we, shit. We, we we freak out over fireworks if you can get them, you know. You used to be able to go to New Hampshire and get some good stuff, but you can't really anymore. Yeah, like a fucking congressman gets his fucking thumb blown off and nobody can have fucking fireworks messages. Yeah. So we got these real rocket things and we're sitting there and his, his wife takes out all this nice spread and puts it all over the picnic table and everything and we're getting, me and Jeff are just getting lit because we just drove for eight hours. And uh, he's got, he's got, we have like styrofoam bowls of like salsa and all this stuff. And his girlfriend's just putting on all this shit. She's like a nice girl. She's, she's super like nice. Fucking, she's like, a, she's like wants to be a, a, a good, like, she's like a, like wants to be a homemaker and all that oh, stuff. Yeah, she's yeah. such a nice lady. And but, he's a goddamn wild animal. But she's in it to win it, man. She, 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 she's a ride or die girl with Jeff because she's still with him and everything. So anyway, we're getting buzzed and uh, Jeff 
lights takes a uh, firework like a, like one of those like like toilet paper roll not even toilet paper roll like fucking paper towel roll sized rockets with a fucking broomstick sticking out of it. <laughs> puts it in the umbrella hole of the picnic table and leaves the day he's like Mike I'm gonna light that thing up before we go to bed and I'm like yeah alright Jeff sure you are so we're sitting there and we're talking and everything and his uh, his girlfriend's sister was with us and her boyfriend and we're all shooting the shit and we're talking and stuff and so you're the cameraman for this uh, basically no I, I was the stunt double I was uh, I was in there because there's some other stories I just I really want to tell another one about a horse that bit me but <laughs> we'll get into that after but anyhow fucking hate in, the, in the middle of it all Jeff just lights the fuse while we're in the middle of talking because I guess the, there wasn't enough uh, attention brought to him right so this fucking class A fucking firework goes off <laughs> and starts to take off out of the, the hole the umbrella's supposed to be in the middle of the table. Well, it takes off like a fucking uh, Apollo rocket and it gets stuck in the picnic table. So it goes through like the first three of its stages. six stages <laughs> at fucking three feet off the ground and just melts the fucking styrofoam, blows all the shit off the fucking table and shoots up about 15 feet in the fucking air and explodes. <laughs> it should be at like, I don't know, 100 feet in the air, how fucking high fireworks go up, like real class A fireworks. <laughs> blows fucking up. I mean, it, I mean, okay. Blow, I mean, we were just fucking ducking cover and it was like, and the shit's hitting the ground. It should be in the air. And those things are blowing up because they're like two-stage things. Well, not fucking 30 seconds goes by and the fucking guy who owns the uh, campground comes down in his golf cart and his fucking bathrobe on with a golf club. All right, all right, all right. No more fireworks. There's no a more fireworks. Park Boys episode somewhere in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A guy with a fucking drink in his hand. No, right. this guy came down and was like, and, and, and we're, you know, we're looking around and it's like, okay, we have a fucking Penske truck and we're towing a Cadillac behind us and we just look like pieces of shit and so we just went to bed. But the, the, the next morning we get up and the black scorch marks on the picnic table and the melted styrofoam with salsa in it. And, oh. oh, it was beautiful. She must have been so proud. Yeah. But I had, I had, we'll just say I had a snack in my pocket. And, and, uh, uh, Jeff and his girlfriend were fighting and, and I, I just wanted to get away from them because they were very, the word passionate word. is the word. I would say tumultuous, whatever, passionate. So at this fucking campground, they had a miniature horse. Like, uh, so I'm like, all right, cool. Was he ride the fucker? Or was, was I don't. This place was like in the, during the, like, I don't know what the fuck it was there for. Huh. In the Midwest, man, they got some weird shit. Like, it's just a okay, okay. Maybe more people will come to our campground if we had a fucking miniature horse. Right. Yeah. So I go over to the the corral and it's dirt. The whole fucking thing is dirt. That and poor thing too. And there's like grass around the edges of the fucking like long strands of grass and it's eating it. So I have let's just call it a snack in my pocket. And this fucking little baby horse comes over. Now, Jeff and his girlfriend are fucking yelling and fighting. <laughs> and this fucking thing comes over. It sniffs out what's in my pocket and grabs me and bites me through the fucking fence, grabs me and starts pulling me like a fucking pro wrestler into the turnbuckle. <laughs> and it fucking was like a monkey bite, dude. I, I had like fucking teeth marks in my cat in my thigh. And I'm like yelling for Jeff and Jeff's fighting with his girlfriend. And meanwhile, his... His soon-to-be brother-in-law is just there with his, like, you know, super 35-millimeter camera just taking pictures of everything. He's taking the fucking Zabruder film of you. Yeah, yeah, the Zabruder film, yeah. Shoot off. And I just, oh, God. And that, that later on that night, this is all in the same campground. Yeah, I mean, we ended up, we almost ended up on the Jimmy Kimmel show that trip. Like, but I stuttered and stammered and we didn't get on. But and anyway, this is the end of this story right here. Right. I, I have more to tell you about everything, but we, we literally... We just went seven minutes after we said it was over. Seven but, minutes. All right, yeah, bye. Was, have bye, a good, bye. Have a good right. day.